Hello, wine world. Thaddeus Bugs with the Minority Wine Report and the podcast Wine in Black and White. I have the privilege to introduce the winemaker at Stone Street these days, Christina Scheidler. She's been here for several years now, or a couple. I know you came from Arrowwood, correct? Yeah, that's correct. It's actually um, a story. So I started in 2012 mm-hmm. as a viticulturist here. And I worked my way into an assistant winemaker position until I left to start making wines for Arrowwood. And came full circle as winemaker starting last year. So never never got too far away. Stayed in Sonoma County, focused on Bordeaux varieties primarily. And yeah, super excited to be back. Talk a little bit about your experiences that led up to becoming a winemaker here as far as traveling overseas and doing and working at some other properties along the way. Yeah, that experience is so um, important, I think, um, in, in the path of becoming a winemaker. Um, you know, I, I see winemaking as a, um, as a craft and, and something that you never stop learning and, and getting those initial experiences, especially globally, is is super important and so um, I, I did my first international internship in New Zealand um, back when they had dial-up internet and calling cards and so you, hold on you don't look that you don't look that old to me you know okay, what I'm now. gonna take it because I have a birthday coming up this weekend okay. and I'm um, you know I'm, well, happy I'm looking for too, thank you then. I'm looking yeah. for any compliments right now <laughs> okay. but um, yeah you know it's it's funny because at the time you know, how are you supposed to find out about a job posting in New Zealand? Like, it was the start of the internet, really. And I of course. I saw it, and I'm like, oh, you know, Google was a thing. So, like, how do you get a visa for New Zealand? But I was one of the first, I would say, um, American students to go and do these internships. Now, you know, it's, it's commonplace. That's just what you do. Um, but I got a degree in biochemistry. And at the end of it, I was pre-med. I'm like, oh, no, like, this is not for me. I need to find something else to do that lets me travel. And um, so that was kind of the, the, the start of it. Biochemistry was the degree. That was the degree you, initially. you decided you didn't want to, you didn't want to necessarily work in that field. I couldn't be inside for 48 40 hours a week and it's not 40 hours right you get a full-time job it's never 40 hours of course and so that realization is what prompted me to start working I was going to school at University of Missouri um, did three years of internships worked full-time year-round at the local winery there and then it was travel the world get some international experiences Um, and eventually ended up at, at Davis after doing some harvest abroad New Zealand um, Argentina, Mendoza, mm-hmm. uh, and the Douro Valley in Portugal. You've spent a lot of time then just in school because you had, so you had to relearn after you got, after you was in the biochemistry, you had to relearn the wine industry. Mm-hmm. But what gave you the confidence to think that you might be able to conquer that? Yeah, I mean, biochemistry gives you all the basics, right? Mm-hmm. Like just to get into the UC Davis master's program you have to have all that science right and that's the that's the foundation you need a good understanding of science I was interested in the craft part of it too though and so for me it's always been the balance of getting that practical experience um, and then answering some of those questions that you have as you're doing things with with more education and so for me it wasn't enough to just get the degree and then go out and have experiences because I still had questions and that that's why that's why I went to Davis and um, you know, a lot of those questions, you know, it's, it's funny. The science doesn't ever 
get too far away. You still kind of use it as a toolbox. It's not that I go back and refer to the books all the time, but I still have those professors that I'll every once in a while ask my questions to. Never lose that curiosity, and I think that's where academia plays its, its role in getting that perspective along with what you're experiencing and tasting. What was your attraction to here, Stone Street? I believe they're part of the Jackson family, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And I, about a year or so ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing Helene yeah. uh, up at uh, Verite. Yeah. And I, I just love how they have a really strong family of female winemakers here, I believe. Yeah, so what was your attraction to coming to Stone Street? Yeah, for me, it was all about the vineyards, and you'll see that today. There is no place like that estate. Um, it's the complexity up there. Um, it's the ability to grow world-class Chardonnay right next to world-class Cabernet within you know 200 feet of each other. Um, the difference in soils, the difference in elevation. There's just so much up there to understand. It's high character. You know, it's making wines of high character. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to invent anything in the marketing world. You know what I mean? The wine is there. The personality of the vineyard is is there in the glass. And, and for me, that's important to be able to express wine that comes from a, a place, you know. Um, so it yes. makes the wine making interesting. Yes. As we're sitting here sipping on this recently released uh, sparkling wine, Blanc de Blanc, I believe 2014, beautiful wine. Is this something going forward that... Stone Street's going to make part of their uh, wine catalog. Yeah, yeah. This is its inaugural vintage, but this is this is a long that you know everything on that mountain. Going back to the family culture here, mm -hmm. everything is 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 about the long term, right? And tapping the potential of that property now, in fifty years, a hundred years, and so this Blanc de Blanc is is the expression of that mountain. Um, as a sparkling wine. So this is something that we have sitting, so this is 2014, we have 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22 entourage right now. So eight vintages sitting there entourage. That's the commitment to this project that is behind the scenes. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing. Is this the brainchild of who that all of a sudden said they want to, that someone loves sparkling said they wanted they yeah, wanted sparkling wine. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, a lot of what is um, Stone Street is the family's vision. So Jess's vision, yes. Barbara's vision. I believe this was Barbara's idea, and now Chris, the son, takes a really um, important role in in that vision of both the property and then what that means for Stone Street. Let's talk about some of the wines that you guys do make here at Stone Street. You want to go through some of the whites and then some of the reds. Yeah. And first of all, before you do that, is this going to be available? I'm talking about the sparkling. Is it going to be available on the market when at some point in life? We are working on a project right now to get um, some sparkling out into three tier, but it is not currently. Okay. 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 <laughs> You're going to have to come visit us. <laughs> okay, I could do that. Any idea what this might retail for sometime in the future? Sometime in the future, oh gosh, someone from marketing is going to kill me if I give a number. I, I, it hasn't been discussed yet. I got yeah. you. Let's discuss some of the other wines that, that you, how many, first of all, how many wines do, do does Stone Street make? About 12 different wines. Okay, is that red and white? Let's, yeah, red and white, okay. primarily focused on Chardonnay, single vineyards, and then we make one estate that is available 
across the U.S. and, and even some internationally. And same thing for the Reds, single vineyard and then a state wine. And what I love about that kind of format is that, you know, that estate wine represents the entire mountain from all the different elevations to blend that together, you know, even though it is 100% Chardonnay and roughly 100% Cabernet, depending on the vintage. We might add some Petit a little tiny bit of um, Merlot in certain vintages, but that's, that's the whole expression of the mountain. And then our single vineyards are much smaller bottlings, either available here or some of them do enter um, allocated markets in the three tier. One one of my favorites, and I like to discuss with you and uh, just get uh, your opinion, uh, get your ideas on the winemaking of it is Upper Barn, the Chardonnay. I think that is one of the best made Chardonnays anywhere in the world myself. Yes, please. <laughs> I'm just having a little bit more of the sparkling wine. I think it's a beautiful wine. Thank you very much. Talk to us a little bit about the upper barn. What went into the process and of making? Is that or is that is that the highest tier shard that you do have? It is, yeah. And you know, its um, its reputation even precedes us. So, in just that was one of the main reasons why Jess purchased the five thousand acres that is Stone Street Mountain Estate. Um, Marcus and Peter Michael were getting that fruit at the time, okay. so he saw the potential mm. there mm -hmm. and wanted it for himself as well as some of the other blocks surrounding it. Um, so that was an original planting. Um, so why why is that vineyard our top vineyard? Um, you know, I, I wish I could take credit in the winemaking side of things, but it's the vineyard. You know, it, it's that site. It is just perfect um, up there at 1,800 feet for, for making world-class Chardonnay, getting that Pacific ocean influence and also it's sitting on a really special soil um a blue schist so that's pretty unique blue schist is, yeah. is that somewhere in this area here it's up at the top you can you know that just, just so you you guys know we're looking at the uh, we're sitting on the like the patio of stone street and we're looking out over the um the mountain ridge. Are these mountains have? Do they have a certain name? Yeah, this is a continuation of the Mayacamas Maya ridge. Yeah, okay, it goes all good. the way. You know, the divides Napa County and Sonoma County. Okay, very, yeah. very good. Yes. Okay, and we're talking about the Upper Barn, which I think is one of at least one of the top five shards is made here in California, and the particular soil you say is like blue schist. Mm -hmm. That's that's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. I mean, you see it. It, people talk about it in the Mosul region mm -hmm. in yes. Germany. Yes. You talk about um, the Douro Valley in Portugal. It is a really high character soil. So any any grapes that are um, I, I believe that are, are born um, that are grown on that that schist just have really high character, um, especially on the palate. Like for me, the signature of the upper burn is really that that power and persistence on the palate. It just it has that signature. You know that it's upper barn. And, and so, you know, what we do in the wine making, it's native fermentation, 100% barrel fermented, um, but we're really just trying to let that vineyard express itself. I'm trying not to mess it up. So I take it you're using some French oak. Yep. And for how long? 10 months. 10 months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so part of what I'm trying to do now with the wine making um, of all the Chardonnays is trying to understand you know, really drill into the details of, of how that fruit is best revealed, how it's best expressed, what type of barrels. You know, we stick with French. We, um, you know, work with several different coopers. We have our own stave mill within Jackson family. But it's all about um, 
what, what can we do in the process to respect that site, to make sure that fruit is coming out in its full potential. That's what the winemaking is all about with the Chardonnays. So for my listening audience, I just want to put it in perspective a little bit. Stone Street is owned by the Jackson family, and the Jackson family makes this other Chardonnay called KJ, which has probably been the number one brand in the U.S. for probably the last 20, 25 years. I, I think you guys sell maybe make three, four million cases of this wine or something to that effect. Something to that effect. I've lost track. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just an amazing wine. And it's well made and people go to the grocery store and it costs $13.99, which is, a, I, I think it's for the price you can't beat it anywhere in the world. I don't think you have anything to do with that type of a project or anything, do you? No, I'm, that is completely separate. And that's what's so wonderful about Jackson Family Wines mm-hmm. is that they own all of these vineyard assets. So you have access to all of these different vineyards. Stone Street, of course, focuses on the mountain estate. Um, but just in general, uh, each of these projects do function really independently with, you know, each winemaker has their own autonomy to do things, but we all hail to the KJ Vintners Reserve Chardonnay because of its um, success and, yeah. you know, keep... It pays the bills. It pays the bills. <laughs> and, um, you know, there is no denying that it is an impressive feat to barrel ferment at that volume. And that exactly. is the commitment that they, you know, it didn't matter how much growth, that is something that is going to always remain true. And if I'm not mistaken, it gets some level of some type of French oak, correct? Yeah. Or whether it's used or whatever, it yeah. gets some level of it, which is a, I don't even know how you can have those. Where are you going to keep that many barrels? Santa Rosa, California. Santa Rosa. Okay. All right. There's a there's a, a couple um, buildings in Santa Rosa, California that have all those barrels. Yep. Let's go forward. Uh, what's like uh, Stone Street five years from now? You guys have uh, what's the what's the mindset on on the winery? Where you're going to be at and where you want to be? Yeah, we're kind of at a really cool moment to be here at, at this point. I feel like I, I came on at a really um, interesting time in the winery's history. We just did a big renovation back there. Got a bunch of new concrete tanks. We've always done a little bit of con. Uh, we've always done wood fermenters. Wood. I just have um, to stop you real quickly. What what is what what do you love about concrete that is going to bring an addition to your winemaking ability? Yeah. So I got to experiment with that last year. Um, it texturally, concrete loves mountain cabernet. They just get along really nicely, and it complements the texture of that big. Um, mountain tannin and makes it broader makes um, it just has so much more appeal so it's a very textural quality and the wood does kind of the same thing you know it's that incorporation of oxygen early on but um, getting some different containers to work with for those Cabernet fermentations um, but a lot of you know we just got a new barrel cellar here so a lot of um, resources went into this project and I think that's pretty exciting some new crush equipment the optical sorter you know I, I have all the all the toys you know and I have some of the best fruit in the world to work with so um, the potential is there and um, it's it's a big challenge um, it's like the wines are great how do you make them even greater uh, but yes. that's that's that pursuit of mastery that I'm that I'm really interested in. can't do something like that without a family behind it that's that's wanting to 
to make sure that they're here in 100 years, 200 years. It looks beautiful here. It's a really nice place. I have to ask you one more question before I let you go. Do you make cap from? That's my favorite red grape variety. Is it? Okay, come back in about three years. And, three years? And we'll have, uh, you know, so we, we make a wine called The Silks right now, which is The a, Silks? The Silks. Ask Andy. He'll okay. he'll hook you up. Okay. It's um right now it exists as a, a blend in some years and a true like Cabernet Franc at least on the label mm -hmm. you know at least seventy five percent in some years and so that's something that I'm I'm starting to refine as of um, this past year twenty twenty two will be the first vintage of a true Cab Franc. Very good. Okay, Christina, I'll be back in about three years or so or maybe sooner and I'll sit down and talk to you about the great Cap Franc that you'll make. Oh, good, good. I'll, I'll have a barrel sample for you next time, oh, now that I know. Oh, I, and make what? sure, in, I, in whatever show notes, you, you show a picture of the view from up there, because it is oh, it is oh, undeniably one of the most beautiful what's, what, what What's the height we're talking? So you're going to get all the way up to 2,200 feet. Okay, 22. Okay. Yeah. Long as long as it's not scary, man. I, I'm I'm a little scary, afraid. Like, I'm a little bit. Did you bring man. your rattlesnake boots? <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, scare you, you didn't tell That's me about that. Man. I stomp. All right. You stay behind me and I stomp. This kid actually has steel toes underneath his New Balance. <laughs> well, well, cheers, cheers, and thank you very much cheers. for a lovely interview. Thank you interview. so much okay. for coming to visit us. Absolutely, cheers. This is visiting the Jackson family at Stone Street. Well, I love the pony right here too. Now, okay, I didn't ask you this question. Where did Stone Street come from? <laughs> oh, was that a bad question? <laughs> oh, no, the, I, okay. the, po oh, the pony. Well, I love the everyone pony, was yeah. Trying to, yeah, everyone was wanting to ride that earlier. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's the only rule that we have here at Stone Street Estate Tasting Room. Not, can't, not, ride can't ride the pony. Um, Stone Street was actually Jess Jackson's middle name and his father's middle name. Um, <laughs> Chris Jackson also carries that middle name as well as his, his sons. And the story goes like this. His, um, Jess's grandfather was, was being born, and this was back in the day of horse and buggy. And um, the doctor that delivered him, his name was Dr. Stone Street. And it was like, um, you know, the middle of the night, there was a storm. It was this, like, dramatic, um, you know, environment to get this baby born. And, and the doctor came late at night through a storm to, to deliver. And... Um, him and the family said we are going to name our our son his middle name after this doctor, and that's that's carried on. That's a great story, Isn't though. It? I mean, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> All right. All right. Cheers from Stone Street uh, Winery here in uh, Sonoma County. It is a beautiful day, also. We're getting ready to go up into the mountains. Yep. Thank you, Christina. Thank Appreciate you. it.